Was there a plan to build a canal through the middle of Florida? The internet says it's true. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to The Internet Says It's True, where every week we learn something that sounds like it's made up, but it's not. It's really true. And we're part of the WCBE podcast experience. My name is Michael Kent. Thank you for joining me again this week. And this week's story came from my viewing of a map. It's something I've never heard of. I was shocked to learn about it. Thank you to those of you who have gone on to the Apple Podcasts app and left a quick review. Those really do help me out. I'd love for more people to stumble across this podcast. And other than word of mouth, one of the best ways for that to happen is for you to leave a review with five stars and a few quick words. I think the highest I've ever ranked is 131st in the history category. So the more of you that leave reviews, the better that will get. I mentioned in last week's episode that the Royal Family documentary was the third most viewed program on British television history. Well, the Queen's funeral last Monday beat that by a mile, or by a by a kilometer. 4.1 billion, billion with a B, people watched the Queen's funeral, making it the most watched broadcast, not in the history of the UK, in the history of the world. Incredible. And before we get into this week's topic, be sure to join the Patreon if you want episodes a week early and ad-free. That's also the only place you can watch Joke Story Trick, my web series that I did 65 episodes of. Also, you can see all of the guest interview videos there. It's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. And a hell of a deal, considering you can join at any level, even just $1 a month. So as I said a moment ago, this is something I stumbled across. I'm fascinated with maps. I love going on Google Maps, particularly satellite maps, and looking at places I've been, places I'm going, going to Street View and sort of reliving the experiences of places I've been. And I was looking at Florida the other day, and I noticed something. If you look just south of Ocala, Florida, there's this large rectangular swath of land that looks different than the land around it. On the map, it appears like a green sort of hockey stick. I was curious, so I started Googling and I was completely shocked with what I found. What I was looking at were the remnants of a huge national project, the Florida Cross Barge Canal. Engineers have long dreamed of a cross Florida canal. The early Spanish considered it almost 400 years ago. Andrew Jackson recognized its defense potential. The first United States government study was made over 100 years ago. Ever since then, scores of reports, surveys, studies, routes, and recommendations have been made year after year. This was a plan to literally cut a canal all the way across Florida, essentially making most of the peninsula into an island. It would allow ship traffic to leave straight from the Gulf of Mexico, pass across Florida, and into the Atlantic Ocean. And it was an ancient idea. The first time anyone thought of doing such a thing was all the way back in 1567. The King of Spain, Philip II, wanted a safer route for Spanish treasure ships that were being constantly plundered by pirates. American ships were being pirated too, and were exposed to all kinds of foul weather on the Atlantic, sailing around Florida. So War Secretary John C. Calhoun and Daniel Webster proposed a similar plan in 1818 to build a canal through the state. But see, in 1861, a cross-state railroad helped to move cargo across the state safely by train. 
and between 1829 and 1911, a total of six studies had all concluded the same thing, that building a canal across Florida would be way too expensive and way too difficult to be worth the cost. Even so, politicians in Florida wanted the canal. They wanted an easier route to ship goods like timber, cotton, and eventually oil between the Gulf and the Atlantic. They lobbied the government and eventually developed the canal authority of the state of Florida to direct the effort. Finally, in 1935, President Franklin Roosevelt authorized $5 million in federal money for the project, although it was estimated at the time that it would cost $143 million to complete. It was part of his New Deal program. The whole point of the program was to invest in construction and infrastructure projects like this. They built nine Florida state parks with the New Deal money and began the work on clearing land for the canal. Ladies and gentlemen, it pleases me to report to the people of Florida and the nation that the long-sought cross-Florida barge canal is now well underway. The construction began, but was soon halted. Arthur Vandenberg was a senator from Michigan who complained that Congress never authorized the use of federal money for this canal. In addition to that, there was worry that the canal was disrupting Florida's aquifer and waterway ecosystems, so the whole project ground to a halt. Now, by that point, 5,000 acres of forest land had already been cleared. It was three years since construction had started, and the funds had already been used up. It was another six years before the canal project was revisited, this time because of the war. World War II was threatening the U.S. as German U-boats were threatening the Florida coast and American shipping lanes. Congress reauthorized the canal project as a way to help protect the coast because naval ships could quickly navigate between the Gulf and the ocean. $93 million was authorized and the new plans included a system of locks and dams that would help protect local waterways. After World War II was the Cold War and the Cuban Missile Crisis, and a canal would keep ships from having to loop down around the state coming dangerously close to Cuba. The motivation of national defense was finally strong enough incentive to overcome the environmental concerns that had stopped progress of the canal in the first place. So here's what the canal was meant to look like. If you've driven through Jacksonville, Florida, you've seen that the city has a major river running through it. That's the St. Johns River and it would be the entry point from the canal into the Atlantic Ocean. Now, if you follow the St. John's River all the way south to the city of Palatka, that's where construction of a new waterway heading west would begin, and it would cut through to the Oklawaha River, then down around the bottom of Ocala, and then to the Withlacoochee, yes, that's the name of it, uh, the Withlacoochee Bay around Yankeetown, Florida, a total of 110 miles, including three dams and five locks. It would be 150 feet wide and 12 feet deep. With the money reauthorized and both World War II and the Cold War as motivations, planning resumed in 1963 with support from JFK. And in 1964, construction once again started on the canal. This time it was FDR himself who was on hand at the ceremony to set off the first explosions. It was scheduled to be completed by 1971. So construction began, the section connecting the St. John's River to the Oklawaha and a small section extending a few miles from the Gulf of Mexico were completed. But that was it. Just 28% of the canal was built. Ever. We'll talk about why after a quick break. 
There was a time that humans used 100% organic products as healing balms and moisturizers for their skin. Well, I've partnered with an awesome company that wants to get back to those times. Fatco sells organic and responsibly made tallow-based skincare products. For centuries, humans used tallow in skin moisturizers and healing balms, but unfortunately, the topical application of these fats seemed to stop around the same time that animal fats stopped being considered part of a healthy diet. A lot of modern skincare products do more harm than good by stripping your skin of its natural oils. Let's change that. You can try them out now at fatco.com and get 15% off your order by using my promo code INTERNET. Go to theinternetsaysitstrue.com slash deals for the link. If you love listening to this podcast every week and you want to show your support, that would mean a great deal to me. You can do that by becoming a Patreon member. We've got members at all levels, whether you want to pledge $1 a month or $10 a month. Just think about the value that you receive from this show. And if you like the histories and the stories that you learn about or the jokes that you hear, and if you think that they're worth it, consider signing up. For that, you get every episode ad-free and a week early, access to bonuses like the unedited videos of the guest appearances, and 20% off all merchandise. You can sign up today at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. That's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. I mentioned earlier that you can see a like a hockey stick shaped area under Ocala, Florida on a satellite map. It's clearly man-made as the green area appears to have perfectly parallel sides and distinct angles. What you're looking at is the original path of the first attempt at the canal when land was initially cleared back in the 1930s. And there are some really ugly parts to this story. For instance, at one point, a labor organizer named George Timmerman, I know, Florida, George, it's T, George with a T, came to the work site. In August of 1935, 8,000 workers had shown up to Ocala to start clearing land for the canal. To make sure that those workers were being treated humanely and fairly, Timmerman, with a T, had traveled to Ocala. He was found the next day tied to a tree with his lips sewn shut. Now he lived. That's just one story. Another is the sad story of the town of Santos. Santos, Florida was an African-American community six miles south of Ocala. The entire community was destroyed to build Camp Roosevelt, which was just a camp created to house all of the canal's laborers. Hardly any record of this original settlement remains. The path that was dug was a sea level cut into the earth, with 40 foot berms up to ground level. As I stated earlier, the project was abandoned when met with a combination of environmental concerns and lack of funds. But this new revitalized effort in the 1960s really had some steam. Things were finally happening with the canal. And this is where we meet a woman named Marjorie Harris Carr. She was an active member of the Audubon Society and in 1962 invited a couple of officials to give a talk about the environmental impact of the canal. Both state and federal authorities presented a ton of information about the likely negative effects of the canal on Florida's ecosystem. And according to Carr, quote, the audience that had come to the meeting with a completely neutral attitude toward the canal project went away that evening disturbed, uneasy, and determined to find out more about the probable effects of the Barge Canal on the Florida environment, end quote. They learned of the many plants and animals that would be affected, like the Florida manatees that would certainly be disturbed by the canal. Fifteen endangered species, like the red cockaded woodpecker, would be severely affected. 
Even species like spring-dwelling mussels and shrimp would be impacted by the loss of groundwater in the porous Florida limestone. Finally, the humans in Florida would be affected. They rely on the aquifer and local water tables to provide water to the citizens, and with this new canal, the groundwater could be exposed to dangerous pollutants at a record pace. They had planned to dig the central part of the canal right into the living aquifer, into the water-bearing rocks, so that you'd have the barges floating on your drinking water. Well, you know, that, that wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. That Audubon Society presentation was just the beginning. By 1969, Carr and other concerned citizens founded the Florida Defenders of the Environment, the FDE, a group determined to oppose the completion of the canal. They were joined by hydrologists, geologists, economists, zoologists, and other scientists who presented well-researched data, so much so they were actually taken seriously. Newspaper articles, editorials, books, and documentaries were vocal and critical of the canal, many of them citing research that had been provided by the Florida Defenders of the Environment. The notoriety of their cause really gained a ton of support within Florida and triggered a reassessment of the financial advantages of the canal. It turned out that most of the financial advantages of the canal would be going to areas outside of Florida, like the Texas oil industry. The main body of work Marjorie Harris Carr and the Florida Defenders of the Environment used to prove their case was a detailed scientific paper titled Environmental Impact of the Cross-Florida Barge Canal with Special Emphasis on the Ocklawaha River System. In 1970, the FDE, along with another group, the Environmental Defense Fund, sued to stop construction of the canal and a federal judge issued an injunction to halt construction. Construction stopped in January of 1971, and just three days later, President Nixon canceled the project. A total of $74 million had been spent. Each of us all across this great land has a stake in maintaining and improving environmental quality, clean air and clean water, the wise use of our land, the protection of wildlife and natural beauty, parks for all to enjoy. These are part of the birthright of every American. While construction never began again, the project was still officially authorized. Carr spoke before Congress to push for deauthorization, which was finally accomplished in 1990. She spent the rest of her life working to restore the environment which had been seriously disturbed from the construction around the Oklawaha River Basin. I'm not really going to be proud about the barge canal until the river runs free. Because that's what we started out to do. One of the reasons that this story is so interesting to me is this was really the first time a huge federal project like this had been defeated because of environmental concerns. Today, much of the area that was destroyed for the canal has been turned into a greenway to encourage the return of the ecosystem that was displaced. There are hiking trails and bike paths through it. And in 1998, one year after Carr's death, it was named the Marjorie Harris Carr Cross Florida Greenway. It's time for the part of the podcast where I call a friend. If you listen to last week's Rewind episode, you heard me talk to Lance Thompson back in 2021 about his self-loathing podcast. Self-hating podcast? I don't know what he called it. But I thought it would be fun to check in with him again this week to see what's going on a year later. What's going on, Lance Thompson? How have you been? 
I've been decent. How about you? I'm good. The school year is, uh, you're up at Carthage College. Yes. And the school year is going well so far? It's been busy. We are in homecoming week and it's only the third week of school. It feels early. Yeah, you're telling me. Welcome. So it's like the the this is where like homecoming. Do a lot of parents come in and stuff because they if they were like alumnus. Yeah. So yes. like that. Yeah, it's like they just saw their parents and they're already time to ask for more money. Yeah, exactly. I I want to find whoever planned this and shake them real hard. Is at Carthage is homecoming a like a sports centric homecoming or is it more about the academia and the banquets and things like that? It is. It's a lot. It is that we do have footballs and there's also this year soccer. I believe both soccer teams are home um, and there's a play as well. But they usually do a lot of the alumni reunions at this homecoming weekend. So that's that's probably the biggest thing is the the reunions like the, you know, 10 fives, all that stuff. Sure. Well, I had you on last February. And so people that listened to last week's episode, which was a, a rerun of uh, the last time you were on the show, uh, mm-hmm. re- would have just recently heard about your self-loathing podcast. Yes. And I made a prediction that, you know, next time I talk to you, you will be regularly listening to podcasts again. Because you used to, like way back when there was a podcast you listened to, and then you fell out, and then you just sort of hated yes. podcasts created a podcast about hating podcasts yes how did i do on my prediction i uh don't listen to them at all <laughs> so i i so my, i failed is what you're saying yes you, you still miserably not, how did the how did the self-hating podcast go did you continue it i i stopped that one and then um i'm putting together a, f- a five episode um kind of I'm calling it audio series because I don't like podcasts. Okay. Um, with my father, uh, about his his mother, and it's kind of a. I don't. I'm not calling it a true crime. I'm calling it like a first account, like crime series. So yeah, and, but um, it's true. It's a true. Yeah. It's a true story about your family, and one of the reasons right. that you that you see true crime as sort of smutty is be mm-hmm. an exploitative is because you're someone who has lived through a true crime story. Um, and yes, and you, so you see this in sort of the family and the victim's eyes when you hear these true crime stories. Um, and I do mm-hmm. know a little bit about the story. I have listened to a little bit of your story. Did you ever publish that account under the self-loathing podcast or did you have you, are you hanging on to this for this other project? No. So I'm, I'm holding on to it. I'm still trying to figure out where to, where to put it. What it is. Um, and then um, I just have to do a couple of fine. I, Cause I made one episode like front to back. So now I just got to figure out like website wise or whatever, what I want to do with it. I, I mean, Cause I it's think... going to, it's going to be called Tilmer, which was my grandpa's first name. Wow. And he, which I thought was a fairly like old person, common name. No, never heard it before. In, in the year he was born, there were two people that were named Tilmer. Wow. And like three people in the US and one of them was his father. So my great grandfather was That's, named Tilmer as well. Do you know what the origin so, of that was then? I mean, it's so rare. Well, my dad explains it in the first episode. Okay, I won't I won't spoil oh. it then. Then it's really funny. That's that's really interesting. I I really can't wait to hear it, but I think like if you want people to actually listen to it, it's going to 
even though if you if you if, even if you don't call it a podcast, I think you have to distribute it yeah. on podcast, um, you know, like in the general channels that, that people listen to because people really do enjoy this. And I don't think that their intent is negative. I mean, I think there is something yeah. that's very voyeuristic about it, like we talked about last mm-hmm. time you were on. But I think also maybe there might be some people who have experienced trauma in their own lives that might be comforted right. by hearing someone else's story. So even though it was. Well, and I, you know, and I an asked my story. dad what his you know thought on true crime is. And he really honestly, I was surprised that he was very kind of apathetic about it in the really? sense that he's like, if it's well done, like it's fine. And, you know, so yeah. I was kind of surprised that he didn't have like a, a bigger opinion on it. Right. Because and it's I not have like, kind of a bigger opinion on it. It's so not like Dateline coming in and, and like sensationalizing it. I mean, this is you and you're right, right there to get it right from the from the horse's mouth, so to speak. So, uh, exactly. well, I'm I'm really I can't wait, wait to hear that, man. And I'm I'm glad that that you're doing it. I know that it's probably something that's pretty difficult for both you and your father uh, once you get into it. But, um, yeah, I'm really interested in hearing that. So I didn't do well on my on my prediction. But I still think I st- I'm still holding out hope that uh, you, you know, at some point we'll get back into listening to podcasts. If not anything, if, if nothing else, just mine, maybe the one that you were on, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I did listen to that. I <laughs> OK, well, thanks <laughs> to, the, to the episode I was on. Well, Although I have been I have been on a podcast and I didn't listen to it. OK, so. I have too. I've I've been on somewhere I was just afterward I'm like that was awful I will never be listening to this again and I you know whether it was my part that was awful or just the other person that was awful I just know like I've been on some bad ones I've been on some really good ones too so um okay so for this first question we're gonna play for a joke so if you get it wrong you have to tell me a joke and if you get it right I'll tell you one sweet here's your question a huge government construction project was eventually abandoned after 50 years of stops and starts traces of it still exist. Which one of these was it? A. The LA-Hawaii land bridge that would take 35 hours to drive. B. The canal that would have cut Florida in half and provided a shipping route through the state. Or C. The giant salt mine 2,000 feet below Lake Erie. Mm. I'm going to go with the salt mine. That sounds the most plausible. The answer is B, the canal that would have cut Florida in half. Now, this was a trick question, and and I'm dirty for having done this to you. A, the LA-Hawaii land bridge that would take 35 hours drive. Obviously not a thing. Never considered to be a thing. Just pulled that out of my butt. C, the giant salt mine 2,000 feet below Lake Erie was never abandoned. It does exist and oh, has geez. existed. It is a real thing. So that was the, it was sort of a trick question because the question was, this was a huge project that was abandoned after 50 years of stops and starts. The giant salt mine is a thing under under Lake Erie. So, yeah, there was a canal, a shipping canal that uh, would have went right through the center of Florida and would have turned the it would have like uh, Lorena bobbited the, the state. Um, oh, if, if, if only it could have just dropped it right into the ocean, just, <laughs> just dropped all those Florida men and Florida <laughs> women. Right. No, you know what? Uh, there are there are nice folks from Florida listening and yes. we appreciate you and appreciate you listening. And these people probably know about this uh, that I didn't know about. I'd never heard about it. It was it was a a New Deal project way back when. Right. Oh, An nice. FDR New Deal project. And then, you know, completely abandoned. 
picked back up again because of the threat of war, the Cold War and Cuba. It was mm-hmm. safer to, um, you know, to have a shipping lane right through the middle of the state to get ships from the Gulf back out to the Atlantic Ocean. So uh, and then it was just it would have it would have screwed up Florida's ecosystem so badly with not enough economic impact that they just said, no, we're not doing it. Yeah, it seems seems like it wouldn't cut off that much. No, it, I mean, it was going to be Travel 12. Time. It was. Yeah. Well, gosh, probably does, though. I mean, when you think about Jacksonville is where the Atlantic entrance to this would be. And that's like, right. That's up by Georgia. That's very north. Yeah. That is very north. So, I mean, that's way up there. It's not exactly like Panama where it was. I don't know how many miles that is, but it's not that many miles. It's like 20 miles. Yeah, this was 110 miles. Yeah. This was a big, and the first part of it from from Jacksonville was like a already a river that existed that they'd be offshooting from, you know? And then most of the rest of it was all just a man-made canal. I'm pretty sure in BoJack Horseman, they, like two of the characters drive from L.A. to Hawaii on a bridge. (laughs) Is that good, BoJack Horseman? Oh, it's amazing. It's one of my, it's probably, I mean, if Arrested Development would have been good all five seasons, oh, yeah, that is my favorite show ever. I'd say BoJack is probably two or three right there. Okay. I'll have to watch it. I've never watched it. You know, animated shows, I'm always just, I feel like they're such a, what's the word? They're like a quirky niche. Yeah. Some of them, you know what I mean? And like, you either get it or you don't. And I... I can't say I've ever like been burned on one. Mm -hmm. Well, I know. I don't know. Like Futurama, I never got into, even though like, you know, I, I don't know. There, there are some that I've liked and some that I haven't, I need to get into it and watch it. I never watched Rick and Morty that had like a huge cult following. Yes. Um, That's very like absurd. Although there are some, there's some more serious tones in Rick and Morty. Bojack as it, as it goes, becomes a lot more less about, Holly, like a parody of Hollywood and more about like depression and dealing with, you know, loss and, uh, and how you, how you affect your friends and oh, what a great escape from life. Yeah, (laughs) right. Exactly. So Uh, I would say as, as a cartoon, it does at least a pretty good job of relaying that but still keeping things funny at different points but it can get very it gets very serious what's uh do you have a joke all right so um in nuclear war they say the only thing to survive will be cockroaches which means most countries will still have functioning governments (laughs) that's pretty good it's pretty good that's pretty good for Reddit. dig on yeah. most any joke that's a dig on most countries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are like two hundred countries in the world, so you're you're digging on more than one hundred countries in one joke. That's a pretty good deal. Uh, no. All right, let's move on. This next question will be playing for an admission of something we want to do better this year. So like, give you a like m- us or yeah, personally, world. personally, okay. something that you and your life want to do better. Here's here's your question. The Sydney Opera House was another construction project that suffered from many starts and stops. It took 10 years to complete. Its original cost estimate was $7 million. When it was finally completed, how much had it cost to build it? This is the Sydney Opera House, estimated at $7 million. Did it eventually cost $12 million, B, $14 million, 
or C, 102 million? So can you give me the, the beginning year or is that too much information? Um, yeah, I can. Let's, uh, let's look here. That might help a little bit. We're going to look at the old Sydney Opera House Wikipedia, but you're not allowed to look yet. Uh, because no. that would give you the answer. So the groundbreaking, still looking at Reddit. the groundbreaking was 1959. We're talking 63 oh. years ago. It opened oh. in 1973. I literally so would have said probably years. like the early 90s. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh, gosh. I want to say then a 14 million. I'm going to say double. The answer C, $102 million. Oh. Construction In the seventies. Yeah, construction was slowed by bad weather, oh. and eventually there was a fight between the original architect and the government. And he walked off the job and left the country. The cost to finish the job was more than fourteen times the original estimate of seven million dollars. So I mean, craziness. seven million in the fifties—that's a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Uh, wow. So one hundred and two million dollars it took to to build the thing and it was like ground it still is it's groundbreaking construction that thing yeah uh yeah. all right so what do you want to do better this year lance i want to so i work in student activities you know that yes. i mean at, on a college campus one thing i want to do better is like, because i'm on campus so much typically for my stuff that i'm doing i want to go to more like sports games and theater productions and band concerts and stuff like with my son perhaps but i want to like at least get a couple times a month where i'm not working and i'm just going to something where the students are because i mean it's just really hard to do that when you're here all the time at late at night but i just i feel like it would be worth it to just finally do that. So you want to be like a, a more of a, a member of the Carthage society or community outside of student activities. Right. Exactly. Okay. Great. That's a good goal. That's a good goal. Let's move on to question three. For this one, we're going to play for a "Tell Me What to Google" sticker. That was the name of the podcast last time you were on it. Yeah, uh, I believe. Right. I'm not sure if I think it was. Yeah, I think even if you listen to last week's episode and listen to the end of it, I think it still had a tag about. Tell me what to Google instead of uh, instead of the Internet says it's true. So you can win this sticker. Which one of these is an actual event that is held annually in Florida? A, they stand on the state line and they throw fish into Alabama. B, they get together to elect an alligator to be the unofficial mayor of Orlando. Or C, they recreate Ponce de Leon's search for the Fountain of Youth by holding a free cosmetic surgery clinic in Key West. So one of these is true. One Only one of these is true. I made the other two up. You made them up. Yes, yes. So oh they either, they, one of these is true. They stand on the state line and they throw fish into Alabama. They get together and elect an alligator mayor of Orlando. Or they, uh, they oh. celebrate the search for the Fountain of Youth by holding a free cosmetic surgery clinic in Key West. I, you know, I'm going to say A, but only because I, I swear I've heard that about something before. I don't know if it was Florida and Alabama, but I swear that I've heard that there's the a answer, thing where they throw fish. You won't believe this is A. Once yes. a year, thousands of Floridians stand at the state line and they toss dead fish into Alabama. It's called the annual mullet toss. 
Hosted yes. by Flora Bama Beach Bar in Pensacola, and hotels book up like a year in advance for it. No way, that's good. It's so yeah, weird. See, I knew I I knew I had there was something in the back of my head that's like, God, it sounds familiar. Ugh, I can't imagine like <laughs> traveling to, for that. People do. People it's gotta stink like real. Oh bad. sure, they're dead fish. <laughs> dead dead fish. They throw their, I mean, there's maybe that's why they're throwing them into a different state. So who knows? I'd do that to Wisconsin. If I was, I mean, if I was <laughs> in Nona again on the Mississippi, I'd throw some dead fish over there. That's right. So uh, you're one for three. Let's move on to number four. You're a music junkie. You're always up on new music. For this question, mm-hmm. we're going to play for our most and least favorite albums, recent albums. So if you get it right, mm-hmm. I'll tell you my most and least favorite albums I've recently heard. If you get it wrong, you'll okay. tell me yours. But ideally, we'll share both of ours because I just want to chat about it. Yes. One of the most famous canals in history is the Panama Canal, which you mentioned earlier, connecting the Atlantic and the Pacific Oceans. How many people died building the Panama Canal? Was it A, 25,000 people, B, 600 people, or C, 12 people? You threw out 25,000 to start? 25,000, 600, (laughs) or 12. It's a huge range. Like, what is it, the World Cup? Oh, my God. (laughs) That's a a deep, probably a deep cut joke. Um, All right. I I didn't get it. What was the the World Cup joke? So so in, like, I think it's Qatar or Qatar. Yeah. where they're doing the world cup. Like they basically are using, they've used for like 10 years slave labor and like thousands of people have died putting together all the stadiums and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with 12. The answer. 25,000 people. Can you believe it? (laughs) What happened? Malaria. Uh, to, to, so, the deaths were the result of both disease and accidents, and this number blew me away. This should be a future episode of this podcast, probably. But 20,000 of them, the first, like, I don't know how many years, uh, that it, t- it took a really long time to build the canal, and the first, like, 20,000, most of them were malaria and, like, yellow fever. It was almost all, you know, they didn't, know how, they didn't have the medicines to, do, to deal with it. They didn't know that that, what was causing it, that these mosquito bites so, were killing people. So, the, it... Was that just because like the ships were bringing them to the canal? No, I just think that that area, but, you know, that they, they're digging out forest oh. land and it was just filled with mosquitoes. You know, that's a no part of the way. world where it's it's ripe for mosquitoes to thrive on <laughs> new blood coming in. And that's yeah, so many people. Though. It's a lot of people. It was like 20. And then another like 5000 died from the second um, effort at construction. So, yeah, 25,000 people. So, first, tell me what's the like the most favorite album that you've been listening to lately? Okay, so and this is like so have you ever seen the movie um The Wicker Man like the original one? No. So, there's a song in it in the middle of it and it's been it was covered by um Sneaker Pimps as well. Um and it's really good. And it's kind of this like 60s, you know, psychedelic vibe. But so there's a singer. Her name is Gweno, G-W-E-N-N-O. Okay. She used to be a part of a British um, pop group called the Pipettes. And yeah. she put out an album this year. I, I, I don't see. I don't see what it's called. I'll have to 
but um gueno and it has a very like 60s psychedelic uh like female vocal vibe and it's amazing awesome i love it send it to me i'll I'll, i would love to listen to that uh and then what about worst do you have is there an album that you were like looking looking forward to or something that you didn't like you know i i like i like most of the things that i usually check out i would say i was disappointed with um Oh, now I'm going to forget their name. Purity Ring. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of them. No. They're um, kind of like, a, like if you were to Churches, yeah. that band. So they're very similar to Churches. Okay. Um, very similar, like, structure, like female vocalists. A lot like of, synth, like, dance, synth pop, yeah. Synthy, dancey stuff. Yeah. They're, I mean, it, it's okay, but yeah, that one probably wasn't as good as their other stuff, but I still listen to it quite a bit. So... My most favorite recently, just counting like 2022, was Jack White's album, Fear of the Dawn. Oh, nice. Um, and I, w- I would say I like Jack White. I've seen him live once, and I really liked it. And this new album blew me away. Like multiple listens, mm. hearing new stuff each time. There's one song with Q-Tip on it. Like just he, he took a lot of like risks on it that were that I love to hear like n- new sounds, you know, and, and someone... Yeah, taking like you know stretching out and stuff. So that that cool. really was great. Uh, Fear of the Dawn is is what it's called. Least favorite was one I was really looking forward to the new Black Keys album, Dropout Boogie. I thought that I was gonna like love it, and it's just the same. It's exactly the same as every Black Keys song, and I got bored with it like the first yeah. listen. Maybe I need to go back and listen again, but I was just like, yeah, I get it. It sounds just like the last albums. Yeah. Um, they can kind of get that way. Like, I what's the other band that just like the other huge indie band that just came out with their Arcade Fire? Like, I listened to yes. it and I was like, yeah, that's a, an Arcade Fire album, I guess. Yeah, I liked it. Um, <laughs> but I I see what you're saying. Yeah, I see what you're saying. There, I was I there was an, another new album that I heard just today. Um, that I don't even know the name of the album, but it's Ty Ty Verdes. Um, the the song I heard was Two Sugars, and then I went back and listened to it. The album is called HDTV. Um, oh. and it's just like a super new release, I think. Um, but anyway, awesome. I was listening to it today and really liked it. Um, not the type of stuff I normally listen to. So it was more, more Ooh. of a hip hop vibe, which yeah, generally um, I don't listen to. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's been a lot of good stuff lately, fortunately. So like even Alicia Keys, like her new one. Is it good? I is, didn't listen yet. Uh, I mean, at least from i don't i don't know the whole background or where I, like behind it but it seems to be a lot of just her and a piano singing oh that's cool so i don't know at least a couple of tracks that i listen to i'm like this is cool i like yeah. it a lot interesting well you're uh so far you're 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 one for four lance Gosh, I'm uh, garbage these are hard questions this week though so i don't blame you at all uh but this one you can redeem yourself and it's for all the marbles okay so if you get this right I will consider that you got all of them right. Oh, geez. And you'll have gone un, undefeated on this episode or whatever, five for five, which I've never done before, but this is a gift. Oh, well, uh, if you get it you. wrong, however, I'm banning you from the show. You'll never be asked on again. Oh, here's your question. No. What project do you want to get done in 2022? I want to get my dad's podcast slash the yeah you, you already talked about it. so that yeah. is a great goal 
a correct answer, you, and it's going to be called one, one more time. What's the name of it? Tilmer. Tilmer. I can't wait. When you get that done, will you come back on and we can yes. talk about it and promote it and, and get some folks to listen to it? Absolutely. I have a question for you. Yeah. Which So you have a lot of these little thingies on the bottom right of your screen. Yeah. What is your favorite of those? I Like Google Podcasts. I like places I where people Google listen, things. you mean? Well, just the easiest to use. I as a, as a so as, as a, a pod- person that does podcasts as a so are you talking about so as a podcaster yes none of them are easier to use than the others um, oh. because I use oh. a third party service called Podbean um, and Podbean dot com there's you can do free Podbean or you can do paid Podbean and okay. it distributes them to all of the things that you sign up for so you tell it where you want to distribute it to and it sends it all out. And there are many places that are like that. LibSync is another one that does like this. There are these, you know, services that you sign up for for free or some of them for pay and yeah. they sort of send it out. So I don't have a preference. Um, I will say the most people listen to this podcast on NPR, um, on the NPR app, which um, oh. I'm only on because I'm affiliated with my local NPR station, which is um, WCBE mm-hmm. 90.5 Columbus. Um, now, behind that, Apple Podcasts by far has more market share than any of the other ones. No way. Yeah. Now, as a listener, I much prefer Spotify than anything else. I like listening sure. to podcasts on Spotify. Um, I like the yes. the user interface is still, I still have never found a podcast client that has the user interface that I would design. Uh, it's just not, there just aren't. And you can download on Spotify if you have premium. So that's always nice. Yeah. Which is really nice for, for flights when you don't want to yep. buy the internet. That's it's really great. Yep, yep. Um, and I, you know, I steal my neighbor's, um, uh, family plan. So I'm on, <laughs> I'm on, I'm on his family, so I don't have to yes. pay for premium. So, uh, that thanks for boy. that. Thanks for that, Brent. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it's, it's very useful, but I, you know, uh, Spotify, I think is just a cleaner interface than a lot of the other ones. I don't really like them as much. So yeah, so I'm Podbean. I, do you, so I'm, I'm a little worried of like losing rights to the content. I don't think there's, I don't, you own everything. I don't think there's any okay. thing like that, but I, I, do understand your concern and I would look into it because of the fact that there are things like Dateline out there right? who would take this thing and say, here's a good story. We want yes. to tell it. I, I totally understand that. I would look into the legal on that. I wouldn't quote me on it because I, I really don't know. I think you mm-hmm. still own everything. They are just distributing it for you. Um, and Very really, cool. when you go on a Podbean, you're the one signing up for, um, you know, an Apple Podcasts account and linking it to your Podbean. So it's not like they own the you know the link you are just putting the link into your account so sure yeah all right yeah that helps a lot because i yeah that's kind of what i've been a little worried about is just when i put this out there i don't want to like lose kind of the rights the agency like, yeah that's all this stuff yeah that's it's your story you got to make sure you protect it i totally get that totally get it well, you uh, because you got that last question right, you went five for five, yes. which means you went undefeated because I, I made a special rule to so you get this special soundbite. <laughs> you did it! Congratulations! That was it. Congratulations, you did it. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Lance Thompson, for being my guest. <laughs> I appreciate it. it. And uh, it was good to see you. I hope to see you soon sometime. Absolutely. It's been a long time. It has been. It has been. Take care, man. 
Well, that's all for this week. Special thanks to my friend Lance Thompson for being my guest. Here's a kid who lives on a narrowboat in England's canals. Thank you for listening to The Internet Says It's True. To listen to episodes ad-free and a week early, support us on Patreon. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash Michael Kent. If you learned something just now that you didn't already know, go to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review with five stars and a few words. That helps us a ton, because that's how the algorithm works. I don't know what an algorithm is, but just do it! See you next week for a brand new episode of The Internet Says It's True! The Internet Says It's True would like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions help to make this show possible. Dallas Ray, Sean Brown, Bryce Swanson, Eugene Anderson, Matt McVeigh, Jim Martin, Joanne Martin, and the show's official Limper Kick Track. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kinn. Theme song is by Finite Music Forge. All audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under Fair Use Title 17 U.S.C. Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts. And you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. 